You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 726 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and the Murdoch Method. On this week's episode, we have our friend Katie Pogue giving us a report from the 2023 Festival of Champions. Following that, we're joined by Adam Steffens, fresh off the successful World Young Horse Breeding Championships. We're joined by Wendy Murdoch from the Murdoch Method. And then there's a trainer tip from Reese and I from the Facebook mailbag. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, Phil. How are you this week? I, I mean, I'm doing really well. Like, I'm not sure our our producer Paul is <laughs> would agree with me, but um, I, yeah. I, everybody, I actually had to go on mute because Paul told me I had to stop laughing. It was a it, it was a rocky road there for that it's intro. Been challenging. It's been challenging recording a podcast tonight. I think we're both a bit overly tired. <laughs> I think we're and, tired. Yeah. I think we're tired. I think it's hot. I think we're tired. Yeah, it was funny. I, I did. I got I got kind of put in the timeout because I was laughing so much. <laughs> so Paul's like, okay, you're in timeout. So that's never happened. But we're excited to be here tonight. And uh yeah, it's been um actually it's it been very hot here, but today was weirdly not hot. It was supposed to be in the hundreds. Uh, so we got lucky though, because we ended up getting some storms. We kind of cooled it down. So it wasn't so bad. Um, tomorrow's supposed to be pretty hot, but uh, we got we got a little lucky. I, I Yeah, I was on my first, on my first horse at six. So I started at five. So I think, yeah, I think we're both laughing. It's just a little been bit. A, yeah, kind of a long day. <laughs> it's been a long day, but that's all right. We love it. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think we're going to enjoy hearing from all our friends at Festival of Champions. I've been on texting and watching and, uh, which has been super fun. Um, I just saw they actually brought in an ice, icy truck, you know, like the Hawaiian ice USCF hired the oh, icy truck to drive okay. around. I was like, that was a great idea. I don't know who had that, but that was a good idea. And, um, you know, it, it's nice because. I kind of use August as the time that I travel a little bit, you know, my horses, uh, they worked, uh, you know, my assistant was here and, and they all kind of moved and stuff while I was in Europe, but, um, it's, it's okay. We kind of extended that. We've done some hacking. Uh, we put up some hay this week, so our fields are back. We can actually get back on the fields. So that was a little bit of an issue for the last week or so. Um, but we can get back on the, the, the horses are really excited about the Hills. So we can get back. I on the yeah. Hills I don't know about you, but speaking of kind of weather and weather related things, like, our growing season, I mean, and and I'm not saying this as a complaint or or whatever, just as a as a note. But we've had so much not not volume of rain and not, mm-hmm. but like every every week, there's been at least one sort of rainy day, and and which is like mm-hmm. you drive around our neighborhoods, and I think it's almost too much rain. Like everybody's yeah. been having to mow the lawn, and and you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more than usual. I, Anyways, yeah. yeah, I think it's because I'm growing hay. You know, I've been growing hay that I was like, 
I didn't mind. I, every time I would yeah. make a joke, I'm like, there's for the hay. So we actually got a great second cutting. So I, I'm not complaining, uh, which is great, but yeah, it is a pain. And, and, you know, I, I did put on Facebook. So if anybody follows me, but, um, it's funny. Cause when I was a working student, I said, I would never do hay. Like that was a big thing. I was like, I'm never going to do hay. <laughs> now I have a farm <laughs> and mm-hmm. now I do hay, you know, and, yeah, and obviously yeah, we all know. there's no, I mean, there's really no choice. They, no, there's not. And, uh, you know, I have a, Phil knows my property, but I have a, a field that I used to use for my retirees. And then I don't have any of those right now. And, um, so I decided I would, I would kind of contact and, and look at some other options for that field. And, and actually we grow some pretty nice, hay. the horses really like it. They eat it well. Uh, it really cuts my costs down. So yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. Be nice to your barn owners because, uh, it is hard, you know, and so we, we are growing hay. So, uh, you know, it is always a hundred degrees when you're putting that hay up. Um, but we did it, we made it happen, which was awesome. Uh, but it's crazy. Like, uh, I started teaching school again. I teach, I teach a college class. So that started. So I feel fall coming for everybody. So if you're, you're feeling that, and, um, we were talking about it off air, but my niece went to her first horse show this weekend. We well, have, t- we tell have, us, tell yeah. us, how, tell us, uh, you know, from, from Auntie Reese's yeah. perspective. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because my, my sweet niece, she, she had a pretty naughty little pony and she's not, she's not our bravest kid. And, and she's like me. I mean, I'm with her. I, I don't want to get bucked off. Like it's not fun. So <laughs> we have a very appropriate pony and uh, we have a lovely park here that um, my sister Lindsay and I also used to ride and and do, and we have literally pictures of my sister at that park. Uh, I think I was doing kind of the same thing because I'm four years older than my sister. So I think my job was to run out the test with her to teach her the test. My mom's like, yeah, you can teach her the test. So it was quite funny because I kind of had to do the same thing with my niece and uh, my sister warmed up the pony just to make sure he's a quarter horse. Actually, he's perfect. And so she warmed him up and then I, I was with my niece and, you know, she was very nervous before she got on, uh, but we got her on and then I just stayed with her in the warm up. And then, you know, the good thing was, again, it was a very local show. Uh, one of my sister's bridesmaids was the scribe. One of our old coaches was the judge, you know, it was a very, uh, you know, at home. Uh, and we had, we had, you know, talked to the CD and just said, you know, we may have to go in with her or, or whatever. And I think that's important because we really wanted to make sure it was a good experience for her. The pony's 19. He has shown fourth level. Like he's good. He, he knows his job. Um, our geometry was a little off. We did some 15 meter circles and not some twenties, but she did great. Um, we, I warmed her up and you know, I had to jog with her a little bit in the beginning till she got comfortable. And then my sister, I, I, I was winded. <laughs> so my sister took over again. My sister also is a Grand Prix rider. So she's, she's very good, but sometimes it's better for auntie to, to coach. And so my sister took over and, uh, we got her around the ring and we just kind of stationed everybody at the end of the ring. So her dad was at one end. My, her brother was at one end. I was at one end and my sister was at the other uh, it was a small arena. So we just told her, you know, if anything happened, somebody would grab her. We got um, you. Yeah. yeah, we got you. And and that was really important. Again, this is a schooling show. It was, it's, it's a great, great, our, our local club puts it on, um, at a, you know, so it was very, you know, we spoke to the, t- the TD. So we made plans 
of how we were going to do it. And she did awesome. So my sister literally ran her up to the center line and let her go right at the center line. Uh, <laughs> so she, we like, we got her in. And I said, I don't care what happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we let her go. And she did, she got in and it was cute. Cause she was really nervous at first. And then I happened to be on the last diagonal that she did. And she like, I, I will never forget that smile in my whole life. She was so happy. We got it done. And she came out and she was like, I can't wait to do it again. And I looked at my sister. I was like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if the rest of your family is on board. uh, Yeah. So it was, it was great. And I'm so glad that she had that experience. And, you know, one of the things was, and, and we all talked about it was, we decided she had to do it. She had to conquer her fear. She was, you know, she wasn't out there by herself. You know, we, we really decided that this was really important for her life that she had to, to do it. So I think we've talked about, and, and even Adam Steffens will talk on this program about, you know, his, I mean, he's at the world championships and in the mental aspects. And so literally we had it from a 10 year old to the world championship level. It is a huge part of showing my niece knew that test. She's, known it for six months. Like she knows that test so well. She's done it at my farm. She's done it at my sister's farm. Uh, my sister took her to the park. It's a local park. You can go right there. And so she took her there and they went and rode and they talked about what was, so she was very well prepared. And I think that that was really important, like to know. And that's why I even said to my sister, like, we have to make sure she's so over-prepared that when she gets going to the horse show, she'll be in good shape. And, and, you know, it was, it was a lot of nerves. She was really nervous to get on. She was really nervous for everything, but we really controlled it. We really made it a good experience. And she came out she's like, she huge smile. She's like, that was so much fun. I can't wait to do it. Can we go next weekend? <laughs> and I laughed because I was like, oh, oh my I goodness. can't, I can't do it. But <laughs> it was a great experience. And so it was super fun. And, That's you know, I just, you. And, yeah, we just have to keep um, promoting those local shows. And, and I say this to everybody because, you know, we all complain when there aren't shows and sometimes when there are shows, people don't go. And I think that was, they were calling for more entries. I sent more horses. Like um, I saw that they were calling for more entries and I called some people and I'm like, we need to go to these shows or they're not going to yeah. host them. So support you know? them. Yeah. Support them mm-hmm. and take every chance yeah. you can. Like there, there's never been a horse show that I've left and said, Oh, I didn't learn anything or that was pointless or, you know, whatever. And it's like, yeah, you know, every, every chance you get to have uh, a good show experience, whether it's for the horse, for the rider, for the combination, you know, I mean, that, that to, to recent and I, that's a small local experience, but to, right. you know, that was, that was the most important thing. And, oh my gosh. And, Addie's, you know, life yeah. to, to conquer. And, and I mean, yeah, that was the was biggest huge, show. Yeah. Yeah. Of literally her life. the biggest show of her life. You know? so. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, yeah. and, and I also, I had other students, it was their first horse show. And, um, I, uh, off air, I told Phil, like I was exhausted by the end of that horse show. I felt like I coached the Olympics. I had multiple students, um, a couple young thoroughbreds that went to their shows and, uh, somebody on their new horse, like, um, I had, I had five, five students at that show and I was exhausted by the end of the day. <laughs> I, I literally, I came home and and I was, I was done. I think I was in bed by eight. <laughs> I was so tired, but those are really important shows. And, and none of these people are going to regionals right now. None of them. Are, and that was a huge deal for everybody. So I just encourage everyone, if you're hosting them, thank you. If you can 
go to your local shows. You know, I mean, the footing wasn't perfect. It wasn't terrible. You know, nothing was, it's at a local park. I happened to, to have been president of that local parks foundation before. And uh, I was because I felt like that was such an important thing. And we improved the footing a little bit there. And so it's a really cool place. And um, I just encourage everybody to do that type of activity because that's where it starts. And I don't know if my niece will continue. I think she wants to go to show tomorrow, but uh, you know, I don't know what she'll do with riding. And, and, and actually I'm very much in, I don't care. Like she doesn't have to ride, but she loves horses and she loves being around them. And I mean, I'm, 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 I, I want a groom so she can, she can be my groom if she wants to just do that. Like there's no point, but you know, there's no uh, pressure really, but I do want her that if she, she signs up and, and we wanted to go and have her conquer that fear. So I was really proud of her. It was really hard for everybody, but we made it happen. So I hope my story helps if it's, if you're going to your first show or your child's going to your first show or your friend's going to your first show, sometimes that's actually where you need to be the most supportive of them. So, uh, we were, and it was great. (laughs) And I, she had the best smile. I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. And, um, it was cute. So, uh, it was, it was a good day. So, um, I hope that you can take that. And, and as you listen to this week's episode, um, you know, Adam, Adam Steffen's going to talk a little bit about his challenges at the world championships. Uh, and so we hope we can, we can add a little that it's normal, I guess, if that makes sense, Phil. Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I think the point is like everyone's got to start somewhere, and right, um, you know who who knows where who knows where it will go, but doesn't matter. You know, you don't get to the Olympics by <laughs> you know <laughs> by yeah by by being just confident, and I mean, it might seem like that, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, we all started somewhere, and uh, oh, I would love it if if she goes to the Olympics, I'll be like, I don't even know. 7580 <laughs> and I'll rem- I'll remind her exclusively of that moment. So okay. yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Well, we have a great show. We're going to talk about the Festival of Champions. We're going to talk about the World Breeding Championships. So, after this break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're coming back with Katie Pogue. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. 5 4 3 2 1 Have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability. Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Well, tonight we are so happy to have Katie Pogue, FEI writer, trainer, judge, and new on-site reporter at Festival of Champions. <laughs> Katie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. As always, well, we we love having you, and you were so cute. I was like, 
Hi, friend. How are things going at festival? Would you come on and tell us and give us sort of a, I mean, it's, it's such a big show this year. There's so much going on. So well, I wanted to start, you took three horses, so you're also a busy lady. So tell us about the horses you took yourself. So I was very lucky. I have two great co-owners with two seven-year-olds and came up here with those. And then I have a four-year-old that I own who was quite far down the list. And I think it maybe was Thursday night at seven o'clock, I got a phone call that there is space and uh, so he came on the trailer and came with us and it's been a great kind of adventure for him. And he's a really, really good four-year-old. So, but no, the seven-year-olds I had our preliminary test the other day, yesterday, and today was the first ride for the four-year-old and everybody did well. We were not in the top group, but everybody, it was still really good. I'm still really proud of the horses. It is a huge show this year, and all of the national riders showed up today. So this place is packed. And it's bumping. It's it great. is bumping. <laughs> it is. It's great, and you have the whole range. And right now I'm watching some warm-up for the I-1 freestyle, and it's some of the, the dressage seat equitation kids out here and it's just it's a whole mix from the kids to the grand prix rides have met some of the cutest sweetest most personable kids that are just happy to talk to adults and it's just fun seeing them inspired by everything here and then just tons of great horses it's just it's really been a cool year it, so, it sounds inspiring for the adults, yeah. too, you know? Like, yeah, and the adults, too. And the <laughs> adults, too. too. I'm inspired. <laughs> but a lot, of, a lot of good rides, super quality horses. I brought with me one of the owners to seven-year-olds and then uh, two students of mine who have never been in this big of a setting, and they are helping me, and I couldn't do it with these three horses without them, Jenny Crawford and Lori Wallace, and then... Uh, Julia Felker, one of the owners, and they are just soaking everything in. And finally, this afternoon, we've been able to come out and and watch a little bit, and they're really enjoying watching the freestyles. So no, it just it everything has been rolling very smoothly, and the office and everybody running everything has been super helpful, and they. I'm sure behind the scenes it's nuts, but it is well ironed out <laughs> when you're on your horse and going to the arena. So, yeah, it was to back up for the first day. The jog was the first experience for the two seven-year-olds, and it was a little little frisky. And yeah. then the four-year-old <laughs> four ended up being the saint of all of them. And um, <laughs> so it's just been, you know, each each day is a new a new day and you learn new from adventure. the first ride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> new adventure. And I've, I've soaked up what I've, the feedback I've gotten from the first rides and putting that into action for the second rides. And it's and, just, it's a fun opportunity to be able to get both rides in and be able to improve. And this is the first time of anything of this caliber for my three horses. So it's, it's pretty exciting to be here. 
So Katie, I was going to ask you, because we actually haven't talked about the seven-year-old test very much. Can you kind of tell our listeners, that's a fairly new division. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you're asked to do in the seven-year-old test? So in the seven-year-old test, it is, I'd say it's a little bit, a little bit lower than, or kind of fourth level. The half pirouettes are, are working, you know, allowed one to three meters, but you have half passes, you have three fours, three threes. The competition this week, they do the preliminary test, which you can do at regular national shows, but only the final test counts for the qualifying. So, no, I mean, they definitely put these horses and and test them on, you know, a higher degree of collection and self-carriage. So this was for us the first time of doing the preliminary test. And then tomorrow is the seven-year-old final test. You're allowed to ride in a snaffle or a double. I have one horse that is in a double and one that's in a snaffle. And you do wear tails in it, which is kind of fun. And it's it's kind of the, you know, the start into fourth level pre-St. George, but it's it's it isn't too demanding as far as the degree of collection and engagement for pre-St. George. Um, it's nice that it's only three threes and three fours and you're not having to do five of them or, you know, really spot on half pirouettes. The idea is that, you, you know, another, another stepping stone between yeah. fourth and sort of preparing the horse to do, because I, I've, you know, previously I've ridden fourth and pre-St. George and it's, it's such a huge step to have a young, a young horse you know, like a seven, eight, nine-year-old against horses that have been doing the small tour for years, you know? Right. So I, I don't think that's a, a fair class or comparison mm-hmm. to make. There's a huge difference between a young pre-St. George horse and and an older pre-St. George horse that has, you know, maybe even step, stepped up to the I-2 and then back down. I mean, these, these classes are all very fluid, but uh, it, it's tough to uh, you know, I feel for the judges to judge both horses against each other. So I'm always in favor of of making more stepping stones and and developing horses and, and riders that that are more similar and and having more classes for that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's I think it's a great an opportunity if your horse fits into this age group. And I think the other positive thing is a lot of people here, even, even with the jog, you know, that they're only seven-year-olds. And I think right. with the young horse stuff, everybody is still keeping in mind, they're only four, they're only five, they're only six, they're only seven, you know, so that's, I think, a very helpful thing for us to remember too, as trainers, is that as we're developing them, you know, the, the younger ones that might fit into this in their age group, not due to pressure or anything, just because they are athletic and they're talented and it's, it's a fun, challenging thing to do, but that we do keep in mind that they are younger. They do make mistakes. Everybody's out here is having little bobbles here and there. And there are some fabulous scores and some phenomenal young horses. And, and even too, I have, my four-year-old has been four for a month. He is a baby baby. And, you know, other, there are other four-year-olds that, February, March, and months older. And so it is It is that range. And I think everybody here 
it, it is great to see and or hear kind of the open-minded. They are still young. They are still developing. And, you know, this is just kind of bringing them along and giving them the experience. So, no, it's, it's, it's cool that they've added this as a, another stepping stone, like you said, Philip. I know. I think it's fantastic. So Katie, what are some other events? I know you're actually at the owner's reception. You're so sweet. You stepped away for us. What other kind of social events are happening too? Cause that's part of a festival, right? Yeah. So they, I think the first night, because it's so big, it started, I believe a day earlier. Yep. Uh, they also added the para. Um, I have not been here since 2000. So I'm honestly not sure when they added that, but they had jogs on Sunday. And so they had a reception for that group on Sunday. They've kind of had almost a reception for something each night. Last night was the competitors party and they had a huge jog of four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds developing pre-St. George Grand Prix. And maybe the children's and FEI ponies, it was like a two-hour section. And so they had the competitors party and so it was fun to watch everybody jogging the horses that behaved and didn't behave. <laughs> and so <laughs> I could see, I could feel for the ones that were holding on as their, their horses were leaping. And, and the, the jog here, like in the, the CDI events where you are required to have a passport, they do ask for the passport for the developing, or I mean, for the, the I won in the Grand Prix championships, but the other classes, it's just a practice. And so you're watching kids doing it for the first time and baby horses doing it for the first time and some really go well and some <laughs> don't. And so, you know, it was, it was, everybody had a good time kind of having some food and drinks and, and watching. And then tonight, like you said, is the owner's reception. So I think it's great that they're including all the people or, you know, the owners and making everybody feel like they are part of this. I have one of my owners that couldn't make it. And so I'm trying to send her pictures and keep her informed and our, the sponsors for the whole show, the riders get a bag, the owners get a bag, you know, you get shirts, hats and things that just make it, make it fun that you've kind of been here and done that. And it's special. And you even get like a little plaque that tells you, you know, you qualify and you were here for the young horse division. So I think they really do a good job of making it special for everybody. And, you know, the arenas, everything is just landscaped and beautiful and just the background scenery and all the live streams and even being here. It's just, it's a really cool environment and it really feels like a big deal. And it is. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. For for sure, Katie, uh, I just wanted to ask you and, and perhaps... I was thinking that our listeners may have a, a question about, you know, what is the jog? You know, because th- those that have shown in an international competition sanctioned by the FBI, we, we kind of know what we're talking about. But, you know, what is the purpose of it? How is it conducted? Yeah. Why is it such a big no, deal? That's, that's great. So they it's a, a vet inspection and a soundness jog and. Some people dress up for it, but your horse, you and your horse approach a path. And at the start of the path is usually somebody from the ground jury, the judges, and they are there with the vets 
for the competition and they examine your horse and make sure it looks healthy and ready to go. And then you do, you walk out to kind of the first flower pot and you jog a couple flower pots down and turn around and jog back. And they're just making sure that your horse is sound to compete at the show. And, and for the international competitions, like I said, you would have a passport and they would look at the, the drawings of the horse, the markings, and make sure that that horse is what is being presented in the passport, the whole thing. And this is just for the riders to get to practice jogging in clothes. They could be in riding pants, anything. Everybody has been sweating through their clothes this week. So somebody might have had a really cute outfit planned out, and it would have been just sort of, a mop by the end of it, but no, so the, the, the judge and the vet watch and you go down and you come back and then they give kind of a thumbs up or thumbs down and you're approved and then you can go compete. And then if they thought they saw something, then you are able to, I believe at the end of all of the jog, the session, the time that is set at the end or possibly the next day, rejog your horse and get another opinion. And there's a chance that, and maybe they stepped on something or whatever and they decided another time. So no, it, it was good practice. <laughs> yeah. It's great practice. And like you said, it, it, it's practice until you get to the, you know, cause there are Pan Ams, you know, they are working on selecting the team for the Pan Ams. This is a selection event. Yes. So they're a little bit more picky once you get to the, to the internet, you know, the small tour and the big tour. But Katie, tell yeah. us the weather is a thing, right? I mean, we're hearing all this reports depending on where you are in the country, it is hot there. It, it happened to me the year I went to. It was so hot. So I feel for those riders. Literally, I feel for them. Tell us what is it like? Well, it is It is very close to Charleston, South Carolina weather. It is in, <laughs> in the 90s, low hundreds. It's got to be as humid as humid can be humid. And definitely feel for the, the northerners that I think some maybe I heard didn't show up show up with a fan and had to go get a fan and oh my gosh they've been very good as far as and and we have had a lot of people today not competing in jackets even the i1 freestyle that's going on right now you know i think maybe a third of the class has worn jackets the developing pre-saint george probably half the class didn't wear a jacket so people are taking it seriously and the office is really trying to recommend that people stay hydrated not wear the jackets sponging horses, everything. They actually this year keeping a temperature check chart on your stall that you have to monitor your horse's temperature. They're trying to make sure everybody is good with the heat, but also keeping the distance and keeping, you know, horses away from each other and healthy and, you know, the safety of of all that with the horses. So they, they really are touching on everything for health purposes, heat purposes, safety purposes everywhere has water and towels and the girls that are helping me, I think by the end of the day, we've probably all changed clothes at least three times. <laughs> yeah. You're like, we did not bring clothes. enough clothes. <laughs> so no, it's been, it's been hot. And met one person from Minnesota and, you know, they were melting and asking if we were melting and we were, you know, fortunate that we have had our horses. Uh, this is sort of regular for them. So I definitely feel for the people that <laughs> have sort of been knocked off their socks with this flap of, of hot weather, but I think tonight we get the relief, Ugh. and uh, and then good. the next couple of days good. will be good. So 
So, but everybody, everybody is, is, is melting. It's ready. It's ready. Well, two days, two days, two days of melting, but everybody seems to be really taking care of their horses and and staying on top of things. And that's great to see. Even the kids, even the kids are standing in the the water, the, the wash dolls at this location is, so cold it's fabulous and i remember when i had my stallion here several years ago he just like he didn't want to leave the wash doll he just wanted to stand under the water um, so no there's some <laughs> there's some good parts of it i love it well katie you are so sweet as always to come on and tell us what's going on up there it looks like so much fun thank you so much how can our listeners find you online for more information i am at katiepogdressage.com and feel free to contact me and thank you so much for having me. It, it's a pleasure talking to you guys and sharing what's happening here. And hopefully everybody, whether you get the chance to qualify and come here or at least come up here and watch, it is a fun competition. I love it. Well, thanks girl. And good luck. Thank you so much. If you have one or two horses or you have 20, 30 or more fly predators will make the difference between heavy infested fly problem or a no-fly zone. Balding Lab fly predators catching these flies before they become an issue. Well, tonight I am so excited to have Adam Steffens on the program. He is freshly back from the World Breeding Dressage Championships for Young Horses, where he represented the United States with Wendy Petrix, Fabulo Coeur. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you. Nice to be here. I mean, I was Facebooking you like crazy. I was so excited to watch your journey and see you at the six-year-olds. So Adam, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name's Adam Steffens. I grew up in Minnesota and um, I rode with Bill Salentius, Lloyd Lambkammer and Natalie Hinneman growing up up there. And then when I was 16, I moved to Wellington um, where I worked for Dottie Morcus and Oded Shimoni for years at Still Point Farm, and I've just kind of never left Florida. Right? <laughs> I know, and yeah. I met you somewhere along the way. quite a few people, you know, that yeah. they, they just <laughs> stay where the horses are, and, and there is a lot of horses there. Yeah, and I, I, I can't and, remember um, when, we, when we met, but it's been years, and so I've been watching your career and, and cheering you along the way. So, Adam, tell us about... Um, your horses. I mean, you have a wonderful string of horses now. So tell us a bit about, um, tell us about your horses. Um, well, I'm super lucky Uh, about three years ago, can do it stables. And I, the Patrick family, Wendy, Gerd and Feely, we kind of decided that we were really going to go for our goals, which are hopefully to have, you know, horses representing the USA at some point which we did our first competition this year at Young Horses. So after three years, that was pretty cool. Um, So yeah, we we cultivated a plan with Debbie McDonald originally, and she really helped set us in the right um, direction. And um, so we've bought now, we have have Boston Strong, um, the horse I did in the small tour this year, um, he was actually my previous, at my previous job, Five Rings Farm, where I worked for five, six years. He was my horse there. And um, when I transferred over to Can Do It, um, we were able to acquire him about six months later. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Because I've had him since he was a five-year-old. And, um, and Wendy rides him mostly, and then I get to compete him. 
during the Florida season, which is nice. And then this weekend I have at Festival um, Secret Weapon. It's a Hanoverian mare named, we call her Shiva in the barn. <laughs> and that was the first horse we bought together at Can Do It. So she's like my next heart horse, I say. We've had her since she was 60 days under saddle. She's here at the five-year-old championships this weekend. Um, she's, I think, the nicest horse I've ever rode. So I'm just learning how to manage a mare and girl <laughs> problems and all that stuff. And um, <laughs> we're getting there with her. <laughs> I love it. So, and then we have a six-year-old that we bought last year at uh, Hoff Castleman. It's a Don Nobles feeder tons, now gelding. We recently gelded him. And he's really cool, but he's really big. So I'm just taking my time with him. And he stays at home until he's more mature because he's like 18 too and just massive. Whoa. Oh, wow. Wow. So wow. Which works for me because I'm, I'm 6'4". So yeah, that's, you're, that's, yeah, yeah. You, you need something that, that at least yeah. that size, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then we um, we bought with that horse at the same time at Hoff Castleman. We bought uh, Can Do It Spavalukor OLD. We call him Fabi in the barn. It's a horse I did in the World Breeding Championships this year. Um, and Tell he's us about him. He's beautiful. Yeah, he is very cute. Um, yes. He's a six-year-old. <laughs> Six-year-old, he's first jazz Sandro hit. We bought him in, actually on my birthday last year. Oh. And um, we left him in Germany for the summer because I was traveling a lot that summer. And then I said, well, if we leave him there, then I can go back and forth and I can train on him all summer. And he can do some horse shows. So he stayed there with his rider, Nicole, after we bought him. And she won the Oldenburg Landenfelser Championships on him. She won the first day of the Bundeswehr championat on him as a five-year-old last year and then was had some boo-boos the second day. So I think he finished fourth or fifth overall. Don't quote me on that. And he's he's really cool. He So we brought him over in um, November of last year, and he had to do that awful stallion quarantine. And then he got a quarter crack, so he was off for a few months. So I really actually just got going with him at the, you know, mid end of January this year. So world breeding championships was our third young horse show together and our fourth show total of me just bringing him out. So that was. Yeah. I think that's a a, a testament (laughs) to um, not only your riding, but the horse's uh, character, you know, that's not an easy thing to do to, to, um, you know, have the confidence in yourself and, and the horse and, and the whole picture kind of coming together to do. Uh, I mean, that that World Breeding Championships is a massive show, you know, and and I think a little bit over over here in, in my experience is that everybody's like, oh, it's a young horse show just or a young horse class. And everybody's like, shh, shh, shh. that's not the case over there. Right. I mean, they, they I mean, the, the spectators and, and oh, everything. no. Don't don't yeah. um, make you know make allowances for young horse classes. They they're talking away and they're you know a lot of times there's a VIP booth and they're just going about their business and 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 for sure that you know if if they if the spectators see something they like they're you know showing their enthusiasm. So I mean that that's a th- kudos to you because that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. 
Thank you. I was not expecting the atmosphere that was there, actually. <laughs> um, so I had never been there. I had never been overseas to a major championship horse show to even spectate. So I was surprised by that, but it was so cool, especially how I was able to work through that. I was most impressed with myself through that, how I was able to work through my yeah. brain and my emotions through all that. So that was really a, a cool experience. And, and did that help you prepare? Or would that help you prepare in the future? Because that is the difference over in Europe. There's just, there are more people at the horse shows. It's more affordable. It's more uh, family. I mean, I, I will never forget. We went to a horse show on a Sunday just in Germany. I was there touring and I've never seen so many people at a horse show that wasn't, you know, the nationals or something. It was just a Sunday. Um, so is that something that you will take moving forward? Yeah. What was so cool with me is like, all these years riding at festival or like even CDIs in Wellington, sometimes you're worried about the crowd or you get a little bit like timid about doing the right thing. And, and then you get to this atmosphere and there's just thousands of people and it is loud and crowded. And you're talking about massive moving horses coming at you. It is, very interesting. So for me, it was just such a breakthrough mentally. I actually worked with um, kind of a sports psychologist, but it's a system called NAET, where they kind of treat certain keywords. And it's, I want to say it's like hip, almost like a little bit hypnotist, yeah. but it's not. Yeah. Awesome. And I did a lot of work with, with that and a sports psychologist through the whole time. And both days I went in the ring and I, I told Christine, our coach, my coach, chef to keep for the event. I said, I have never felt so calm in a show ring in my entire life. And I thought I was going to be a ball of nerves <laughs> and I felt like such relaxation. It was really, really cool for me to experience that because I was not expecting that. That's awesome, actually. So I think moving like, forward into bigger that number. competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, I'll actually, you know, it was, Facebook me. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, I was talking to somebody. My sister works with this girl. Oh, okay. And she was awesome. like, you got to do this. You got to do this. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Eh. And she said, no, you're doing it. And and it was amazing. That's amazing. so cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just, I was talking um, at a recent show with, with a student of my own and, and like, it's, it's people just get so anxious and, and understandable. And she asked me if I would lead her to, to the ring and, you know, and that, you know, that, and that way I'm like this, I mean, it's totally fine. Right. It's, you know, it, it's totally fine to feel nerves every, you know, I, and then I said to her like, you know, I, I feel it too. Um, here's some strategies to, to, to deal with it. But I, I mean, nobody's immune to show nerves. Um, no, and not many people talk about it. Mm -mm. Right. No, it's so normal. And probably every mm -hmm. rider at that show had some level of sports psychologist at some point, maybe, you know, but I think it's brilliant and, and definitely something. Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. When you're showing so and you're representing it, the country. It's really important. Yeah. yeah. And you're representing yeah. the country for the first time in that kind of environment on a young horse. So Adam, <laughs> tell us, I mean, but I you don't know, know very well. Right. right. It was a you fourth know. show. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, you know, so the six-year-old so test cool. is tough. Yes. Tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, your feeling of the six-year-old, what you felt like your horse versus the other horses, like talk to everybody because the six-year-old is no joke. Yeah, it's a tough test. And my horse did not have, um, like his changes are still not the, <laughs> the, the left to right is, you know, 70, 30. And then the right to left was a hundred percent always got get that change. And it's funny, the second day, the change I, that's unreliable I got. And the one that's super reliable I missed. So, Same. but I just kind of take into account a little bit that he is a six year old and we're in a little bit of a growing phase and he's tall and he's gangly and he's big. I have to have big horses. I'm a big person. So I hear you. I think, yeah, I think too, you're tall too. I think to get, get them ready for that six-year-old test is a challenge because I mean, it's really like a third level test. And then when you're at that level too, you know, they're really expecting the shoulder ends and the half passes. You almost think that you're presenting it like you're a pre-St. George horse, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's what they're looking for really. So, yeah. So I worked um, after the Ocala, I did a CDI in Ocala that we, used as a qualifier for world breeding championships. Cause I was also trying to qualify last minute. So I had only two shows to get qualified in. Cause those were the only two shows left in Florida and I didn't want to take them elsewhere. Yeah. So I said, we'll figure it out. One of them's a CDI. If we make it, we make it. If we don't, we'll take them to lamplight. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and so after the CDI and Ocala, we kind of had a clear path and had to, spoke with Yusef that we would be going. And, um, so from there, I worked, started working with Christine Traurig virtually every single day until we left, you know, five days a week. And then I had her to my farm two times for three or four days each time. And we just really kind of buckled down on knowing that the changes were a little bit green. We tried to like really hone in, on the things that we can make better and try and make the things that are good, really good. And then, so we can have a little bit more room for, for problems like we had in the changes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is normal. Yeah. Again, that is so normal. So tough in that environment. Uh, that's amazing. So what's the next step with him? So he will come, I left him in Germany um, after, cause I had to come back here for a festival. I had, seven days at home. And then I left again. And, um, I left him there because I said, you know what? It's so hot in Florida. Let's give him a break. So he's turned out and hacking right now, um, back at Castleman's where he came from. And that's where I also stayed for four weeks training before the show. I I saw him last week. I was there last week. I should have just given him a pet for you. Oh, you could (laughs) have. He would have liked that. He probably would have been napping. That's what young stallions do is all, all, all they do is yeah. kind of nap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. He loves to sleep. Yeah. So he's taking a vacation. He flies back Monday. I'll be back from festival Monday. And then I leave again in three days after we leave because I'm getting married. And oh, so, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. So all my horses will have a little bit of a break. And then after that, we want to start 
preparing for the seven-year-old test with that horse and hopefully, again, be able to go back to Aramalo as a seven-year-old. That's kind of our our goal. So is it our horses? We'll see what happens. What was that? (laughs) Sorry, I I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, I just wanted to know whether he's an active breeding stallion or if there's a a plan to offer him to North America. Like, you know, what, what what's going on there with his his breeding career? So he is a licensed stallion. He's approved to breed. He did do his breeding in quarantine. But as of now, I want to just kind of put that on the back burner and just focus on, like, riding him and such a risk to put them on that phantom, you know? Yeah. So. Yes. Um, so for now, we're just going to ride them and then, yeah. and then we'll see. Focus on the sport the career and yeah, 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 I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? He actually did. He had never bred until quarantine and he is not uh. stud, studly at all. It took them a while to get him to jump on those mares and <laughs> Even yeah, after somebody needed to explain it to you, him somehow. Aww. Yeah. You even the day after he had to breed three mares in one day or two or something. Even after you would never know he's a stallion, ever. Okay. He is calm. You can you can stand him next to mares. He can he has one in the stall across from him. He's just easy, easy going in that sense. He's very um calm inside. I love it. I love it. Well, Adam, we are so glad you got to come on the podcast and tell us about him. Uh, We're going to be following your career and also festival. You're, you're there now and you had a great ride today, but we want to have you back on. Tell us how well it goes and uh, how can our listeners find you online? If they have any questions for you. I'm an Instagrammer. It's just Adam J. Stephens and that's all I have. I love it. That's okay, perfect. Yeah. And Facebook. Simple. I used to have you on Facebook. I'm old, so I like Facebook. Oh, so. yeah. I'm on, I'm on there, too. <laughs> boomer boomer yeah. book? Is that what they're calling it now? Or I don't care. I'm not a boomer, but I like Facebook, and I'm fine with it. So, <laughs> well, I still Adam, like it, for, too. Yeah, I like it. Well, thanks so much for your time, and good luck at festival. Thank you. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org. Well, we are so excited to have Wendy Murdoch back on the show. Hi, Wendy. How are you this month? I'm great. How are you? We are doing awesome. You're so, not in the fire still, are you? I just saw more fires in Canada. Oh, goodness. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's. Okay, good. All right. Just checking. I have other friends that are away. reporting yeah. safe on fires. There's a lot of fires. Anyway. So well, I drive. We hope everyone is safe <laughs> on fires. Um, and, and actually right now, I think we're all dealing with the heat. So I hope everyone is maybe taking a little break. I've been watching what's going on. Oh, gosh, at Festival of Champions. And so hopefully everyone who is not at the Festival of Champions is maybe taking a little break and <laughs> taking it easy. We're we're doing a little hacking. Take, um, take a chance. So. To, yeah. Get, you yeah. know, there's a chance to be inspired. Um, yes. hey, you know, I got a great suggestion for them when they're not riding because it's too hot. 
I love it. What is it? They can go watch webinars with Wendy. They can yes. go watch all my webinars, right? What do you and got going on? Really what cool is the stuff. recent one? Um, well, the recent one was on ECVM, and I just had one with Theron Peterson, who is a vet and a jockey. Oh, cool. And that was oh, wow. so interesting. She's such an and a humanitarian. She goes to Myanmar and, and does vet work in Myanmar. Like, and wow. how she managed going to Myanmar, going to vet school, and being a jockey all at the same time was pretty amazing. But she did. And she's a really cool person. And actually, I need to say that um, Webinars with Wendy is moving to a new platform. And so if you want to watch the new Webinars with Wendy, you need to go to wendymurdoch.com backslash webinars. Okay, it's my name, Wendy Murdoch. Please spell it with an H, dot com yeah. backslash webinars. Um, because I'm going to be posting them there and I'm moving links for all the YouTube webinars over to there. So it's one-stop shopping. You don't have to worry about YouTube taking you off on rabbit holes. And, you know, it's like, huh? <laughs> I think I got, yeah, sorry, I laughed because I, th I got caught on one of those today already. And then it's like, would you like, oh, yeah, they, they make it, you know, the next suggestion and it just starts playing. I'm just like, okay, I'll watch that. Okay, I watch it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, I've moved a hundred links for a hundred of the webinars over to webinars with, over to the uh, wendymurdoch.com backslash webinars location. And I will be posting when there's new webinars, I'll be putting them up there. And, um, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a quiet place to go. You're not going to get bombarded with other, you know, YouTube videos and taking you down rabbit holes that you really don't want to see some things. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's so true. But talking about some travel, are you leaving yeah, for safari soon? Uh, it's getting close. We leave for safari on the sixth. We'll go and spend a couple extra days. And I love. I go to um, Julie Church. She's in Karen. Karen, where Karen von Blixen is, and we go there. And you know they still have a racetrack there, and there's so really? many horses there in Karen. Yeah, so maybe we'll get to the racetrack because I've got a couple of extra days. I don't know if they have a meet right now, um, but yeah, it's a big riding community in Karen. And then we'll be there for a couple of days by the pool and getting on the time zone. And then of course we go on shopping safari day. And the best part about shopping safari day is we get a private viewing with the elephants at the elephant orphanage stop it yes we get to go and we go behind and we get to go out where the ele the little baby elephants are grazing and we get to spend a half an hour with them just us oh, just my group sounds pretty amazing wendy is poking this is just like here let me poke your soul <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh it sounds so fun it is so amazing and these little baby elephants they're uh, so well cared for and they're so well loved and um, they're, they, I think it's like five years. They, they're pretty much, they live in the little orphanage and then they move them out to other places where there's, where they've relocated orphans who then integrate into wild herds. So it's, it's a really amazing project. It's the Sheldrick Wildlife Trust and the Sheldrick Elephant Orphanage. And it's right on the edge of the, the national park, which is right next to Nairobi, literally. And so they go out every day into the national park and then they bring them in and these little baby elephants, they follow their keepers and they get their bottles of milk. And it's like so really adorable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please send me pictures. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. Like, yeah. Well, how, like how do we, how do we follow this adventure? If yes. we, you know. Um, so I'm going to have to probably uh, be posting. I'll post on my Facebook page on the Murdoch method, Facebook page. Um, and I will be posting until we go out on the Mara. And when we go out on the Mara, I really try not to use my cell phone oh, for, you know, exactly. like, and like, I I, not service. Oh no, there's fantastic service. That's the oh, problem. Okay. Okay, right. stop they never it. We're analog. They were they went yeah, they were digital, digital, and so the whole country is digital. So it's like I try not to tell my guests that they can use their cell phones, but they figure it out. Yeah, right. that they can. 
It's like, because it's like one of the best things about going out there is that you get away from technology and you get away yeah. from like uh, all the, you know, traffic and uh, cars and everything. And we go out for nine days and you're on horseback or in a vehicle. We have some people just that come for a vehicle, but it's like, it's, this is bespoke safari. Okay. And what I mean is like, if we want to sit and watch a herd of elephants or watch a group of lions for three hours, and that's what we want to do, we do it. Right. It's not like the drive in clicky, clicky, click, drive away stuff that makes we watch those people all the time. But <laughs> you make fun of them. Well, um, it's because it's like like you're just, you know, I mean, we so the reason this is so cool is that one time we found a leopard and she was walking in this little gorge and she came out of the gorge and she climbed up in a tree. And so she's sitting in the tree. So we're watching her in the tree and there was a groundhog, uh, sorry, a warthog down below us. And the warthog came out of the hole with her babies. And then she went back in and put her babies in the hole. And then she came out and she looked around, didn't see anything. And so she went away. And then the leopard came down and had dinner. And we got to watch the whole thing. And then, yeah, I mean, it was like, I mean, you got to realize that's part of life out there, right? Everybody's got to eat. Um, But we just watched her go down in the hole, pull a couple out, go down in the hole. And then she took some over and munched. Heartbreaking, Wendy. I know. I know. And then I was like, what happened when the warthog mom came back? We didn't stay. But she left one to tell them, I'm sorry. this, But, you know, it's like, but that's, I mean, that's the thing about safaris. You get back to the really basics. Eat, sleep. And screw, and <laughs> and the animals that was delightful to me. <laughs> no, but that's like we don't see that much too much. We have occasionally, but um, and and have babies, right? I mean, it's just it's really basic. Like the sun part. comes up, the sun goes down. We have sundowners. We have my favorite drink, which is called a dawa, which What's is that? like with oh. lime juice and vodka and honey and a sugarcane stick, and it's like to die for. It's like, yes. and then I my little twist to it is a little ginger soda in it. So we'll sit there and we'll have dawas and we'll watch the sun go down, we'll do sundowners. And then when we're driving back from sundowners, we'll see some lion and we'll stop and we'll watch. We actually had lion walk past our vehicle so close you could have reached out and touched them. And they had like six babies and the babies were all playing in front of the truck. And so we had to sit there and let the babies play in front of the truck. Right. And then there's herds and herds of wildebeest because we're there during the Great Migration. And the last time I was there, which I actually can't believe it's two years ago, um, the there was some rain that came in and so the migration had moved south had gone off into tanzania but when the rains came in they come back so they follow the rains they call them the gnu rains because gnu is the other word for wildebeest and they had come back and so we drove to find where they were and we came up we were on this rise and as we came over the rise and we looked out we saw one and a half to two million wildebeest in front of us whoa it's like it's like somebody just put pepper dots all over the landscape and every one of those is a wildebeest. And it was just, and it was so beautifully laid out and it was just because we were above and it was just rolling out in front of us. And I mean, there's no photograph that can ever capture what that is like. There's just no photograph. I took pictures, but the pictures can never capture that kind of a scene it is so amazing and so then we drove down and we drove through them and they just kind of like you know meander here and meander there and then one of them gets gets an idea and starts to gallop off and everybody follows and that's the way the migration works it's like it's like and then they stop and graze again and it's it's amazing because you're like why are they moving i don't know they just decided to move okay (laughs) yeah 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 you know Every once in a while, I do that. I say, I don't know if this sounds crazy, but I just wonder, you know, like I'll be sitting somewhere and it's like, okay, why did I get up then? 
why did I move then? Why did I like walk over and do that now? Right. I'm, and it's kind of like, why did the Ganoos move now? I don't know. They just decided know. to go. Um, I love it. So life gets really simple because um, we have the most amazing crew. Like my job is to get the guests there. Once I get there, they're, our, our crew takes care of them, Safaris Unlimited, and they are fabulous. And they're second, there's some second and third generation crew that work for Gordy, and I, we're family. Like, I've known them for since 2008, right? And you arrive, and you're family. And I've watched their family. They have children now that, you know, I, uh, Gordy met his wife on my second safari, and Felicia is just the dearest thing, and they have two kids, and the family goes out on safari. That's what they do, right? And and so it's like you're this little pod traveling across the Mara because we move camp every few days. And if you think of out of Africa, it, we go up on the escarpment and look out, you know, but it's like that. It's like your little pod and you're traveling across this amazing land, looking at this amazing game. And like there's been times when we've just looked across the savanna and we see 14 different species in one glance. I mean, it's just so amazing. Cool. Right. So cool. Last time we saw three groups of cheetahs, all with 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 babies. Like they all had three babies each, and three different mamas, three different age groups. Like, yeah, leopard, cheetah, lion, hippo. We camp by Hippo River. You know, so cool. Oh my gosh. Sounds wonderfully I, I therapeutic. You know, that's. I know. I'm like, oh, I want to be you know, going just, so badly. You know, be in the moment, get off your device, and uh, even though you have amazing service, um, <laughs> we don't. Yeah, just be in the moment, it. and you know, and it's, and uh, not be planning too much. I, I mean, that that's my favorite thing is just like to be in the presence of such, ma- you know, a magical place. Amazing beauty. There's nothing like the Maasai Mara, nothing. And we're camping on Maasai land. So, you know, a big chunk of our fees goes to the Maasai to, to allow us to camp on their land. And, um, and they have an arrangement for that. And it's, it's worked great because it's preserved the, it's allowed the game to proliferate, but it preserves the land and the Maasai rotationally graze their cattle and they have temporary bomas, which are like massively glorified round pens that they put the cattle in at night and they camp and then, They'll graze an area and then they move and graze another area. So the the land is being managed. Um, you know, if if a lion does take a take one of their cows, they're reimbursed for it, so they don't you know they don't mind having the lion around. And um, it's it's a really magical place. And the whole that's the whole idea is to get out of your head, to get out of your daily life where you know there's so so much stuff going on, and just be you know eat, breathe, sleep, and coffee in your morning served in your tent okay. hot showers um gourmet meals this is whiskey glamp. glamp this is tent. this is my trip this sounds amazing well wendy <laughs> i can't wait to see the pictures will okay. you be posting like at the end so we can all see your journey because when you yeah. come back we're gonna have to hear all about it absolutely so i will definitely take pictures I have a really nice camera that I only seem to ever use on Safari. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'll take a bunch of pictures. I've gotten better. And um, yeah, we'll definitely talk about it when I get back. And we'll tell you all the adventures that we had. We're so excited to be going back. It's it'll it's my 12th trip to the Mara. Um, so cool. And yeah, like we've been going there since 2008. And um, it's it's really pretty amazing. And it's just a great you know, like get away, get out of your head. So many times we see people that come with us and they have, 
you know, there's something in their life that is going on or they need to make some kind of decisions. And you get out to the Mara and Brad always says the Mara knows what you need. Right. And you get out there and you can clear your head, like Philip says, and and just be able to see see what the path is forward. And we've had people come home and start businesses or make huge changes or whatever, because they can see it clearly without all the clutter. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I love it. Well, Wendy, where can we find everything online? So, um, you know, on Facebook, Murdoch Method is a great place to go. and I am working on wendymurdoch.com. And the first phase of this is the webinars. So you can go to wendymurdoch.com backslash webinars to find the webinars now. That's where I'm going to be posting them from now on. I do have some coming up. I've got somebody going to talk about research for Surefoot, which I'm so excited about. You excited. Yep. Yes. On September 4th. That's just before we go. And um, and then, uh, you know, murdochmethod.com is the, is the other website. But I'm Ultimately, I'm going to work everything so that one-stop shopping will be wendymurdoch.com. I'm just not there yet. And I'm going on safaris. Yeah. Not going to get there until I get, you know, later I on. I love it. <laughs> totally, totally respectable. Well, Wendy, have a wonderful time. And we can't wait to hear all about it when you get back. Safe travels. All right. Awesome. Uh, thank you, you guys, while I'm there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, for this week's trainer tip, Phil, we have a listener question. What do you got? I don't even know. So I'm excited to answer it for <laughs> Dealer's yeah, choice. This what is you a, got? This is a surprise for, for Reese. Um, you know, this came in via our Facebook, which is a great way to contact us and uh, and send us messages and questions and, and stuff, you know, concerns about the show. So uh, let's get right to it. The question is this. How do more experienced riders warm up for your dressage test? I know that all horses are different and I'm having trouble now that my tests are more complicated. So we're, we're talking about third level, knowing how to pick which movements to warm up and which ones to school before the ring. I don't show a lot, so I've been trying to figure this out at home, but it's not really the same. Yeah, this is an awesome question. I actually love it because um, now I'm, I don't know about you, Phil, but I, I think you're very similar to me. I actually, so once the horse is ready to show, let's say third level, right? The horse, and we'll just say third one, um, my horse knows how to half pass. My horse knows how to do flying changes. Like I'm not teaching the test anymore. I have now entered the horse show and I'm preparing to go to the horse show. I will literally take time with my coach and with myself and figure out a warm up plan and then I, yeah, you gotta have a plan, right? You gotta have a plan and you gotta yeah. practice your plan. Yeah. So I know, and, and now I, you know, I I've talked about it on the show. I'm super open about it. I have show anxiety. So one of the things that I have done and worked with my coaches and my sports psychologists, et cetera, is knowing exactly how much time I need, what I'm going to do. I want my horses to know what we're going to do. And so it's, I'm not figuring it out at the horse show, if that makes sense, because that actually gives me anxiety. I want to know, okay. And, and in my mind, I have a couple scenarios, right? So in my mind, let's say I know I need 30 minutes. I'm going to build in five minutes for a problem. I am going to have scoped out how long it takes me to get to the warm up, 
what the warm-up situation is. Um, I get on with a mounting block. So I make sure there's a mounting block. Like, so I am very detail oriented in my plan. I know other writers that aren't. Um, but for me, like I have to know all of that stuff in advance. Uh, and if I can't get to the horse show, which doesn't really happen. So let's say a horse show in Kentucky or Florida, I've been to the venues, I've already scoped it out. I don't worry as much um, because I know what it's going to feel like to show there. But um, the day before, if I haven't been to that venue, I scope it out and I maybe even get on the horse that day and maybe just mentally prepare. So I even have a plan of what I do the day before the horse show. I'm that detail oriented because that's what kind of helps me um, be prepared for competition. So I have worked on that in advance. I know exactly, you know, for third level, what I need to warm up the walk pirouettes, when I need to work, warm up the half passes and trot. And then um, third one, there's no canner, but if I have canner half passes, I'm going to know how I'm going to do that. So, and th- but that's for every horse, even young horses and young horses. I maybe even build in a little bit more of a plan, you know, if, if, if we need to do that. So, um, ideally once you get to the horse show, you know, I'm going to stick pretty close to my plan. Um, I have had young horses <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I, I will never forget. I took my mom flew down. My mom owns, uh, follow me, big Mike, uh, who I've always talked about on the show. She owns him with me and, um, we walked down the horse show and he just had a meltdown. He had a meltdown. I couldn't get on my plan. I couldn't even get on him, let alone my plan. And for me, I just scratched. I just said, you know, it was an open class. I was like, tomorrow is another day. I then scrapped my plan and he needed a little more time in the lunch. He needed a little bit more time to warm up. Um, so it's not that I won't deviate from that plan, but if I'm going to deviate, I'm sort of jumping ship and and calling it a day. Um, so (laughs) that's what I do. Phil, what do you do? That's kind of what I do. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's, it's very similar. You know, you've got to have a, uh, uh, quote unquote warmup plan. So you know exactly, you know, what you're, what you need to work on, how, you know, how to ride each movement. So if you've got a smaller moving horse that you need to get in front of your leg, you, you would, you know, you'd be riding, um, you know, the, the changes a little bit in front of your leg or, you know, what, whatever it is, you have to be very specific at home. You know, what's the goal today? Um, you know, what's the goal of going to the show, how to best prepare your horse and how not to get messed up, you know? So, um, I think, I think that's absolutely what you should be doing. You know, and again, the, the point about, uh, you know, having the time prepared. So um, before I, I go to a horse show, I I will, you know, time my warm up yes. to say, mm-hmm. you know, this is exactly what I need to do. And this is, you know, and then, I'll, you know, a, a five minute buffer never hurts. You know, no. you can certainly <laughs> so at, something breaks. At, yeah. yeah. At, at the horse show, you can certainly, um, you know, walk for five minutes. I think that's but. Um, you know, and just, and, and just stick to your plan. So, uh, third level is a pretty good example, but, um, not great in that, you know, for me, I like that test. I like those that like all of them in third level because they flow really nicely and they're not too technical. Second level, a little bit different because, you know, you've got to be a little bit more precise about shoulder in, turn right turn left shoulder in you know so that would be a different 
type of, of warm-up, but basically you're you're gonna you know in your warm-up run through the test in your head and maybe almost mm-hmm. run, run through the entirety of the test. I do. You know, With most yeah. horses. Not the Grand Prix. At the Grand Prix typically that's a little like like you said, as it the Grand Prix, if you ran through it, you probably wouldn't have a well, depends on your horse, right? Yeah. Um, probably wouldn't have enough horse. I mean, sometimes with Grand Prix horses, it's you're out there for Bingo had like a 12 minute warm up because I right. needed I needed extra power. I had to just get them ladder laterally supple side to side and and front to back and uh, or back to front uh, and active. So it is hard to uh, like in this discussion because it is really common with your you have to really work with your coach with your specific horse. But I love that timing and I time. I don't know how you guys do it, but literally I just say, okay, today we're going to work on the warm up strategy and we're going to time from the minute you put your foot in that stirrup to the minute we think you're ready to go in. And then maybe we ride the test that day, you know, see yeah. how the yeah, warm up works. Just run and, through the warm up and then run through mm-hmm, the test and, the and test. Look, for, look for problems yeah. and, and, uh, you know, adjust, adjust accordingly. So, yeah. Um, and it, but I, I think that's part of this too, is like people, they don't, um, I, you know, it drives me crazy. And my students know, don't do it. Like if you're showing a test and you've, you've entered it in the horse show, please do not show up and not know your test. Like don't do it. <laughs> it, it, it you'll see my head pop off from a technical point of view. Um, in every test, there's usually a little spot that's difficult, you know, and it's maybe a quick transition or it doesn't ride as smoothly as it looks like it will on paper. So I think it's really important that um, people take time to read the test, know the test. And when you go for your lesson and you're working on specifically the warm up, that you do that in advance um, so that, that you can really work on it. You're not like, where do I turn? How do I, um, and what do I do? So that's another hot hot take for me is is really know your test so that it's not part of that discussion. Um, and I, I like to do this a couple weeks in advance so that you have a little bit of time to practice. So it's not such a, a you know quick thing. Yeah, I, I would say a couple a couple weeks at minimum, probably yeah. a couple of months. But yeah, um, it, it depends. I mean, if if it's a, a horse that you've ridden a long time. And you know the horse, then you know, like you, you can know, you know, w- where's the point that he's ready to ride, you know, ready to go into the ring, right? And if you've shown him a lot, and then you can have um, more more experience, right? Because at, at first, you know, um, going to a horse show is just like you've got it. You're, you're getting miles under your belt. You're getting miles under the horse's belt, and you're getting miles as a as a partnership. You got to do that a lot. You got to do that a lot before before you're really ready to excel in the show ring. Well, and it's just like practice practicing anything. And the other thing that I picked up from actually from the show from this show, we were talking to a judge, and I I know what to do, and I've in my plan thought about what I'm going to do when I'm around the ring because my coaches and I have talked about it. Like we were like, okay, what are you going to do around the ring? But that is now something I also add into that practice or maybe a different day is what are you going to do around the ring when you're not with me in your ear? You know, once, okay, so I've let you go, you know, we walked in, your team has buffed you and gotten, gotten you cleaned up and you had your water and you're going into the ring, right. To where we can no longer kind of talk to you and, and get you ready. What are you going to do around the ring? 
I think that's also something that now I do talk to students like, okay, let's prep. Like you're going to go in, you're going to turn right, whatever, whatever it may be. You're going to do a couple extensions. You're going to do a little canner, whatever it is. Uh, we will have also worked that. So once you get to that horse show ring, you know, you're pretty well, I like people to be pretty well prepared. Um, and that's any test on any horse because things can go wrong. And, you know, sometimes we do talk about, okay, if that horse spooks or something happens, what are you going to do? So, yeah. So I think it's, I think these are great tips. I hope that helps answer your question um, because it's a great question and uh, definitely worth your time. And I think that's the only thing that professional riders have over, over non-professional riders in the sense of we do it more often. Typically that's, that's a generalization, but the more often you do something, the better you get at it. And so it's the same thing with horse shows. A lot of my students now they show like two or three times a year and it's hard to get good at something that you do two or three times a year. You know what I mean? So uh, that's why I think Phil and I are big in practice. We're big in schooling shows um, so that when you get down that center line at the expensive recognized show, yeah, you've, you're pretty well prepared and, and you're ready to rock it. So we hope that helps. Well, everybody, we love your email and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. We have a queue. We promise we're working through them. Uh, we've actually had some great guests, so we've been doing that, but we will continue to work through those. So keep sending them and keep sending those questions. And don't forget our book club of the month or of the quarter. We're not really sure. The Training Spiral by Sue Grice. Again, you can get that at horseandriderbooks.com. It's an awesome new book. We can't wait. We've actually recorded with the author that we're going to have in the next week or so. So we're excited to share that with you. So keep them coming, the questions, and enjoy the book and get it so we can talk about it. As always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our page at horseradionetwork.com. Search Dressage Radio Show. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to get in touch with me is probably through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this evening for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products and The Murdoch Method. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm.